All right. Well, it's been a blessing already, and thank you, um, Brother Gaspar, you and your wife, uh, for coming by here. And where are you going from here? Back to Ohio tomorrow. Did you check with them? I did. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I, just to let you know, uh, we have um, half of the money already So uh, for what they're needing. Uh, so if you wanted to, to give something even tonight so I could let them know before they leave uh, how much we got toward it, uh, we'll, be, you know, we'll let them know. Uh, we'll also, at the end of the service, just for their traveling expenses and things, we'll be taking up a little offering for them. Just to give you a heads up about that. Once you go to Psalm 56, Psalm 56. And we will not be studying physics tonight. Man, I'm on. I don't think. All right. Psalm 56, what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to give a uh, little recipe, a little formula, and this is kind of for the gardeners tonight, for whatever they may face. This is for the gaspers tonight, uh, whatever is ahead of them. Truthfully, it's for all of us, but especially as I start to prepare this, it's, it's for, for them. Um, and I believe it's the reason God directed me toward this. But we're going to read through most of Psalm 56. So we'll begin in verse 1. It says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Once you understand that oppresseth means it wearies me. And if we'll understand that, that we're, of course, we're going to continue to read, but I'm just going to kind of just hit this right now. The, he fighting daily oppresseth me. He fighting daily wearies me. It is the daily battle that really wears us down. You know, this Christian life that we're in, it is a, a battle. You say, well, isn't that for all of us, not just the gardeners or the... Or, uh, the gas bars, yes, it is, but I, I just know, I worked with the military for a long time. I know that they're about to step out into a new area. He's a, a new responsibility. Uh, it's a new, new Navy, okay? And so there's going to be a lot of battles that they've got to face as a family, all the newness, the changes. Emotionally, it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world. The Gaspars, as they go to the mission field, they showed that their dream to build, the, to build that church. But just let me, let me help you. Satan doesn't want a church built. And yes, fortunately, they come from the Philippines, so it's going to be, be somewhat easier for them. But, but to, to go and to build and to start a church and start more churches and go to villages, there's, there's going to be a daily battle because Satan does not want that to happen. And he said, was this, this daily fighting is what really wearies me. It just doesn't, anybody, you ever been in a time and place where it just, you say, man, it's just not letting up? You just think, okay, when is it going to end? When, can we have a little break from this? That's the way we feel. Well, I'm going to have a word of prayer and I'll get started. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. And oh God, I need you to cleanse me. 
from the top of my head, the sole of my feet, to the tips of my fingers and tips of my toes. Lord, I pray that you please fill me. Every fiber of my being, I ask you. The Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee. And please help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. It says in verse 2, my enemies would daily, notice again, daily swallow me up. For they being many that fight against me. O thou most high. He's talking to God. God, you do notice this, don't you? There's a lot of them that are attacking me. They're all over. They're always coming at me. The attack seems to be endless and it's daily. And he says again, daily, they're trying to swallow me up. And in verse 3, he says, what time I am afraid... I will trust in thee. He, so he says, okay, now the enemy's just beating me up, but you know what? That wearies me. And can I tell you, uh, the, I, I'm not sure if it was Patton, but there was some, uh, some uh, military person, and I think it might have been Patton, but said that weariness makes cowards of us all. And can I tell you, when you really get weary, you, you kind of lose everything. You kind of lose that determination. You lose that desire. Honestly, many young people like this on deputation never make it to the mission field because they just get weary of the grind. The weary, and, and forgive me, but when we have them come in, just, you better just understand, I'm going to have a heart for them, okay? Because I know what my children went through on deputation. I know what they had to go through, and I know the, the tears that they shed sometimes, honestly, after a, a service where they would come and, and put up their display and put their presentation and preach. And after the service, they would not be handed anything and they've got no money, no place to go, no place to stay, and they got to go to the next church. I've had them, you know, they, as they call my wife, my daughter called and just in tears. What are we going to do? We have no money and we've got to get to the next place. You know, I, I didn't like it. I, I, I didn't appreciate it. But the fact was, the truth was, let me help you folks. It's good for us at times too. God knows he lets us go through some things to prepare us for what we're really going to go through. And so he says, what time I'm afraid though. He says, I, I, I'm going to trust in you, Lord. I, I'm weary and I'm afraid but I'm going to trust in you. And Brother Jeriel, we love y'all, but I know even you, you're a strong man, you're a courageous man, and, and your family, but if you get weary out there and you get feeling alone and feeling like even the whole traveling and getting there, you're going to be so weary when you get there. But let, please, I beg you, you have somebody back here praying for you, but most of all, you got God Almighty who cares about you. But I want you to notice in verse 4 a very unique statement. He says, in God, I will praise his word. Anybody see what he really said? He didn't say, I will praise God. And that's honestly, for a long time as I read that, I thought that's what it said. I'm going to praise God. I, you know, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to praise you. But that's not what it says. It says, in God, I will praise his word. Notice what he says. In God, I will praise his word. He said, I'm going to praise the word of God. And I'll explain to you why and what I think this means. He says, in God, I have put my trust. 
I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. He goes back to these people that are attacking me. He says, they twist my words. They attack. It, when, I, when I ran that military ministry, it was, it was uh, just a common thing for them to accuse us of things. They would say, well, you're just taking these guys down to take all their money. And I would say, then why do we come every weekend? Because about two weeks after pay, they don't have any money. And I would tell them that. I said, our biggest crowds are when they have no money. And they say, well, you're just taking them down. You force them to be baptized. I said, now, wait a minute. They're 18, 19, 20 years old. What do you think I did? I drug them in a baptistry and put their head under water? I told them, if I can do that, they're not much military. But they would twist everything. One day they called me and they said, uh, we're not allowing you back on this base anymore. You violated our, all of our rules and agreements. I said, what did, what did I do? He said, you drove your van on base and you know you're not allowed to bring your vehicle on base. And I said, what do you mean I drove my van on base? He said, we got a bus, a van that's driving around the base right now that says Hammond Baptist Church on the side. I said, now one, let me help you. Number one, I don't own a van. I said, number two, we're not the Hammond Baptist Church. We're the first Baptist Church of Hammond. I said, number three, anybody can make a stinking magnetic sign. I said, number four, check the license plate, please. And they said, why should we check the license plate? I said, because we're in Indiana. I guarantee it's an Illinois plate. They called me back. She uh, this happens to be an Illinois plate. I said, would you run the plate then? You'll find out it doesn't belong to me. They, they just twisted everything that we did. And that's what he says that they'll do. They rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. At one time, up at, up at the, and this is, my, this is actually one long illustration. I'm not really getting sidetracked, but the but one time I was, uh, had been told that we could not come back to the base anymore. We weren't allowed to come back to the base. Now, we, you were allowed to come on if you, uh, you, they said you couldn't solicit. And I explained to them the solicitation is, is money in exchange for goods or services rendered. And they said no solicitation is whatever we say it is on this base. And I said, okay, well, even at that, uh, at least you've got to be fair uh, because you've got to make Donald's with a sign up on the middle of the base. That's solicitation. So if you allow them to solicit, then you should allow me to solicit. And they said, no, we can allow whoever we want to solicit. And I said, no, that's discrimination. And uh, so they said, you're going to stay off this base. I said, okay, uh, I don't think that's what's going to happen. So I contacted, uh, back at that time, this time, how long ago it was, I contacted Senator Luger. Uh, of Indiana, and I said, I got a problem up at Great Lakes Naval Base, and I need your help, and, he's, and so they actually sent a representative from Senator Luger's office, and I got a representative from CLA uh, to come with me, and, and uh, so we went up there, and I met, and I met with everything that had stuff all over them uh, in every kind of uh, authority position. I, I met with the admiral that was at the base, and I met with Whoever's under him, and, and I met with, uh, they had like seven of them, and the senior legal officer, and the senior security officer, and the senior chaplain, and, and all these people are in there. 
and sat around a big table with them, and they spent about two hours telling me what I could not do and how I couldn't come there and how we weren't allowed there anymore. And, and you have to understand, this is, this is my life, my ministry. This God's blessing, and we're seeing young men saved. And I, and I tried to tell them, look, we're not hurting your boys. We're trying to make them better sailors. And they looked at me, and the admiral said, said, no, he said, I, we will not allow your solicitation on this base. And he just pointed his finger at me. And right at that moment, God allowed a big giant balloon to raise up beside the window of the admiral's office. You know what it was? You have to be old enough to remember. Who remember who Spuds McKenzie was? Spuds McKenzie was the big dog for Budweiser beer, I think. And so uh, it, they blew it up there, and it's flopping in the wind. And I, look, and I knew what they did. What they did was they set up tables where the boys could come by, the sailors come by underage and get beer samples and come get beer, just free beer on the tables out there. Now, if that's not solicitation, I don't know what it is. And I looked out the window, and I said, Admiral, that's solicitation, and you're encouraging them to be drunks. You're encouraging them to hurt their life. I'm trying to do nothing but help them, and I'm telling you, I'm coming back Saturday, and I will be here. He looked at me and said, this meeting's over. I said, it sure is. He said, what'd you do? I came back Saturday, went on the base. They didn't stop me saying nothing else to me for about two years. Boy, it was rough. It was a battle because they don't want you to do something for Christ. They don't want you to build a church in the Philippines. They don't want you to stand for Christ in the military. And can I tell you, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, they don't want you to serve God either. They want you to shut up and be quiet and be... Now, I'm not saying you go in and preach. I, I, one time I, was, I had a job at, at a sporting goods store and when I was a college student, and I was a, I was a plain clothes detective, kept in shoplifters. I was there for 40 months, caught 400 shoplifters. 400, and I probably missed about 1,200 of them. I mean, they just, uh, every kind of thing you can imagine. And, and, uh, and I got a couple of college students hired there, you know, and I got, and one of them one day, the manager came running up to me and said, you got to do something about this guy. And, and he was in his Sport Mart vest, the sporting goods store. He said his Sport Mart vest, and he was a college and he's standing in the middle of the aisle and he's preaching and the, like he's out street preaching. And he's out there yelling and screaming how wicked this is and how they shouldn't have that in this store. And, how, and, and the guy came to me and said, get him out of here. And I, you say, what'd you do? I went to him and I said, hey, you nut! Get out of here. So I'm not talking about doing that. You know, I'm talking about, though, that when you sit at break, bless God, somebody says something about their, their hellishness, you got a right to say something about your God. I don't have to be mean. But bless God, it, was, it wasn't a good situation, but before it was all said and done, 13 of them on, the, on one of the, the final nights I was there, I went to preach out in a little town there, Calumet City, and they closed that store. It was owned by a Jewish family, seven stores they owned, and, and for 40 months, uh, I think it was uh, 39 of the 40 months, I'd led all the store chain in apprehensions, and, and God had blessed me, and, 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 and I was going to preach in this little church, and I had so many people that I worked with that had gotten saved that they closed the store 15 minutes early so they could come to church. Thirteen of them came to church that night. I didn't get up there and preach on the 
in the house, but when I had a chance to talk to them, I did. Every day, though, they're going to rest my words. Verse 5, all the thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps. Oh, boy, they used to do that so much. They, they, want, they want to look, they want to watch you to find every little misstep you make. Now, they can lie, cheat, and steal, and act like dogs. But, man, if you stand for Christ, all you got to do is stumble one time. All you got to do is get, lose your temper a little bit one time. Man, I took criticism at work one time because I went with my manager, the security manager. He, he was a, a Greek, Paul Fotopoulos, and he wanted to take me to get a euro. It's not a gyro like I thought it was. It's a gyro. And he said, I got to go to this place. And so we went to it. We got back about three minutes late from lunch. Running back in, man. And I took all kinds of abuse from the store manager because here I was. I was wicked that I was not back on time because I was supposed to be a Christian. And I'm thinking, you talk with a foul mouth, wickedness, but that's what they do. They're looking for any little misstep you can make. So what do you say? Uh, Going to cry about it? No, we've got to try our best not to have a misstep. They gather, verse 6, they gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. And I like this, shall they escape by iniquity? In thine anger, cast down the people, O God. Now, I, I always have to look at this, and I think, I think you know, uh, every once in a while, uh, I think that David kind of slid into me. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, my, my kind of spirit kind of came in David there for a minute because he just said, kill him, God. And so, but he just, he said, shall they escape by iniquity and thine anger cast down the people, O God? Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? This is so good. God says, I know your heart. I know your broken heart. I know the tears that you shed. But now I want you to look at this now. We're about to get to the main part of where we're doing. It says, look at this, this promise. And I love this promise. He says, when I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. Let me, let me tell you, this is, a pretty, this is an amazing promise. And can I tell you who this promise will work for? Anybody in this room. Any saved person in this room, let me, let me tell you, God is for you. Now, God's for you getting saved if you're not saved. But God is for you. That's one of the things we got to settle in, in this little verse. It's a little throw in there to end, but it's one of the reasons that we don't see answers to promises sometimes because we won't use the promises because we don't think God's for us. We get in doubt because the old devil beats us up and he talks to us and he lies to us and he says, or we misstep or we stumble and then he throws it in our face and say, well, God wouldn't bless. Can I tell you, God's for you. Get that, that part of it settled. God is for you. Amen? Look at me like you believe it. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. He's for you enough. He's willing to die for you. 
but he's for you. And look what it says, though. He says, here's the promise. When I cry unto thee, then shall. You remember shall? It's not maybe. It's not hope. So then shall. Watch this now. Then shall my enemies turn back. This I know. I know they're going to turn back. I know they're going to turn back. Now, watch this now. In every promise, God has some kind of prerequisite. God has some kind of something where God says, okay, I'm going to do this, but I need you to do this. Okay? Now, here's how he does this, I believe. If you remember verse 4, that, that unique phrase, he said, in God will I praise his word. In God will I praise Look at verse 10 now. As soon as he gives us this promise now, he says, look at this, in God will I praise his word. Let's just emphasize, in the Lord will I praise his word. You see what he's saying? In God will I praise his word, verse 4. In, in God will I praise his word, in verse 10. In the Lord will I praise his word. Let me tell you what I believe, and it's what God did to me years ago. I was in a major, major battle with the sailor ministry. My wife could tell you some of those things went on for months. One time, eight months, I could not get on the base at all. Couldn't, I mean, I, even though I had a sailor, even though I, he could sign me on, even though I, I could not be there at, at all. They wouldn't allow me on that base. And that's a tough thing when that's your ministry, your life. You have to stand out there, and eight months covered some of the most bitter cold days as you stood out on a little piece of sidewalk. And as I'd be out on that little piece of sidewalk outside the base, uh, because uh, North Chicago is, is right across the railroad tracks, and the base from here, uh, you know, is just a little piece of sidewalk where I can, I can stand, and it's bitter cold, and it's freezing cold. And, and then North Chicago police come up, and they tell me that I, have, that, that I have to leave. And I say, why do I have to leave? And they say, because uh, you're, in, you're violating the law. And I said, what law am I violating? I'm a, I'm a human being, United States citizen, on a public sidewalk. What law am I violating? And, and here's what the guy told me. He said, you're under arrest. And I said, for what? And he said, for disturbing the peace. I said, disturbing the peace? I looked at him, I said, there's no peace around here to disturb. I'm out here alone on a sidewalk. I talk to a sailor when he walks by. I'm not disturbed. I said, the bar over there, that might be disturbing the peace. That pornography place there might be disturbing the peace. And he looked at me and he said, you're under arrest. Now, that said, this fellow was confused because five times that day he told me I was under arrest. I finally, after the fifth time, I told him, I said, sir, I got a degree in criminal justice. I said, what's yours then? I, I looked at him and I said, because you're one confused individual. And man, he got mad. I said, I'm sorry, but listen, you're confused because either I'm under arrest or I'm not, but you can't keep placing me under arrest. <laughs> And I looked at him, I said, sir, in 1980, uh, disturbing the peace was ruled a vague law. I said, now watch this. You can arrest me for it. You can. But you can't win because nobody knows what the peace is. 
and he stared at me. And I stared back at him, and I finally I said, so look, you make up your mind. If I'm under arrest, let's get in the car. I said, if I'm not under arrest, I'm leaving now. And he stared at me a little bit too long. I just took off, started walking, and he got in his car and drove off. I had him pull up to me about two weeks later. Squad car pulled up. Guy's about to get out. His sergeant pulls up, and I heard him say, leave him alone. He's the guy that knows the law. <laughs> it was a battle. It was a horrible battle. I've been in the back of so many squad cars, on base, off base. I told my workers one day, I said, I think I've been in more squad cars as, as, in, in the ministry than I was as a police officer. And one day, we were off base, and we were, they were just attacking us every way. Matter of fact, uh, the uh, senior chaplain called me and said, I want you to come up here and let, let's talk. And so I said, okay. I, I drove up there. I signed in for a meeting with the senior chaplain, and on the way to the office, they arrested me on base. Pick me up. And I knew they, they did it on purpose. It was harassment. And I'd driven an hour and a half to get up there, going to have to drive an hour. And I say arrest is their form of arrest. You know, they pick you up and they, they hold you and they do all these paperwork, but it's not an a actual, you know, at that point, at least a physical arrest. So, so I went back and I, I really, for, for weeks and weeks, I was just praying and begging God, and I found this passage. And I found this promise. And for three weeks, every day, every night, here's what I did. I went out and I spent time doing this right here. I spent time praising the Word of God. I tell the Lord, Lord, this is eternal, everlasting book. I tell the Lord, Lord, every word is true. Nothing has been lost. Everything that you ever said is here. God, I praise your word that it's eternal, everlasting. Every promise is true. And oh God, you promised to turn back my enemies if I cried to you. And oh God, I cried to you. And I'm expecting you, I'm believing you to turn back my enemies. And after I would do that and after I'd pray and ask God to turn back my enemies, I would take another 10 or 15 minutes and I would hold my Bible up as I walked at night and I would praise the Word of God. Dear God, every word of this is true. Every word, every promise is true. Oh God, everything in here is true. God, this is your Word. You magnified your Word above your own name. And I would praise the Word of God. For three weeks, I did this ritual of praising the Word of God. And can I tell you something? You know why God did that? If you praise the Word of God, and you really praise it for being eternal, everlasting, perfect Word of God, if you praise it that its promises, every word is true, something happens in your faith in this book. Man, it gets, it gets incredible. You praise it long enough and you just walk away saying, you know what? It is true. Every word is true. And he said he would turn back my enemies. Bless God, my God will turn back my enemies. 
And I'm just challenging you right here tonight. I don't care what you're going through, what your battle is, what you're, what's happening. Praise the word of God. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. Before and after and then claim the promise in the middle. That's what God did. I was in my office at the college after three weeks of praising the word of God and, and I and claiming this promise and my phone rang. My secretary said, it's, a, it's the uh, senior chaplain up at the base. And I don't know, here we go again because I've been cussed out by him. I've been threatened by him. I had one of them, a big old cigar in his mouth blowing smoke in my face one day and telling me how uh, wicked I was for even coming on his base. I said, man, I didn't know you owned it, but... But uh, I thought we paid for it for you. But, but the fact is, is that I got a call and I was expecting the worst. And, and I, you know, they, just the threats and everything. I picked it up and he said, Mr. Hooker. And I thought, well, my goodness, they have not called me Mr. They've called me many other things. <laughs> but they have not called me Mr. So I thought, what's up here? He said, Mr. Hooker. He said, I understand we have a problem. And I said, well, Yeah. He said, I, I think we need to discuss it. I thought, well, yeah. He said, can you come up here this week? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm a real conversationist. And he said, how soon? I said, I'll be there tomorrow. He told me the time, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if I'm going to get arrested going to the meeting again. I drove up there, and the entire way, uh, a lady at, our, at the college had made a a tape of singing scripture songs. And I put that scripture song tape, no music, it was all a cappella, and she was just singing scripture. And the whole way up, I listened to scripture on that, on that tape, and I just kept praising the word of God all that. And I wept and I prayed all the way to Great Lakes Naval Base. And I got there to, in that base, and I uh, came in, signed in, went to my meeting. When I came in there, uh, it wasn't just the senior chaplain, it was the senior chaplain, it was the senior legal officer, and it was the senior security officer. And boy, as soon as I sat down, they lit into me. They called me everything you can imagine. They told me every, every accusation. They said all oh, the things that we'd done wrong and all this stuff. And I sat there and I finally, I, I just, after about, about 45 minutes, I just said, can I say something? And the guy looked at me, a senior legal officer looked at me and said, what have you got to say? And I said, sir, all I can tell you is I'm just, my boy grew up, grew up on a farm out in the country in Tennessee. And I said, I'm not trying to do anything except come tell some boys about Jesus because he changed my life. And I said, my life was transformed and changed and for good. And all I'm trying to do is tell these boys about the same thing. And brother, that senior legal officer pushed back from his desk and he said, well, I knew that handshake didn't come from holding a Bible because when I gripped his hand that day, he tried to grip me down. And I said, okay, if that's where we're going, let's just go, man. And he said, I knew that handshake didn't come from gripping a Bible. And he said, he said, son, I, I grew up on a farm in Mississippi. And, he's, and then the senior chaplain said, well, don't leave me out, fellas. I grew up on a farm in Alabama. And I watched as God went, 
and turn the hearts. For the next 45 minutes, they discussed how they could get the word out about my ministry, our ministry. The senior security officer at one time looked at me and said, when do you come up here? I want to know the hours you're up here. And the legal officer looked at him and said, you can't restrict what hours he comes up here. And I went, go get him, man. What's going on here? And I'm, I'm really, I'm not saying a word. I'm so, I'm so blown out of the water, I don't know what's happening. And I'm just standing there, and he starts chewing out the security officer, and the security officer looks back at him and said, no, sir, no, sir. He said, you don't understand. I just want to know the hours he's here, so if I get a report, I'll know it's okay. Woo! And that was the last time that I, in the ministry, ever got picked up. And I went about nine more years. And thousands and thousands of boys got saved. You say, what happened? I will believe with all my heart. I praised the word of God. And I claimed the promise of God. When I cry unto God, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know. For God is for me. Do you really believe God will answer that? Oh, yeah, I do, because I just spent about 15 minutes praising his word, and his word is never wrong. And you know what? Just to make sure that the old devil don't start snatch away my faith or don't try to throw me a lie, the next 15 minutes I'm going to praise the word of God. And so my faith is going to be strong in his promise. Because whatsoever is not a faith is sin. That's right. So this is really, say, Brother Hooker, what's the invitation? I, the invitation is, I don't know what you're going through tonight. I know a little bit about what deputation is about because my children did. I know a little bit about what a military base is about because I've had so many boys ship out to places and call me back and Honestly, just be devastated because of the wickedness that they were thrown into. But I also know what it's like to work in a secular job. I know what it's like to be bombarded by wickedness day by day. And I'm just asking you, would you believe God tonight? I'm just trying to give you a little recipe or an opportunity to believe the promise of God. And everybody here, this just might be a starting place. I know there's a lot of home folks, and, if, and honestly, if, you, if you're here and you don't know for sure if you died, you go to heaven, if you still have some doubt about that, that's the greatest promise of God. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you don't know for sure you're saved, get that settled because once you get that promise settled, there's a whole lot more promises available. They're all over this book. If you've never joined a church, I would love for you to do that. If you've been saved and baptized, if you've been saved and never baptized, I'd love for you to do that. But most of all, you know I'm preaching to people I love tonight. Believe the promises of God.
He said, if we would cry unto him, he would turn back our enemies. And he said, you can know it. Know it's true. He said, because I'm for you. Isn't that a statement? God is for you. And if, God's, if God be for us, who can be against us? Nobody. Father, I pray that you bless.